<laughs> really resisting saying something sexual in Cobra Commander's voice. But. <laughs> I am not going to do that. Pork chop sandwiches. <laughs> oh, shit. oh, right there! No, that's not very funny. No. You tried. Uh, yeah. You tried. Just cut that. Cut that. Nope. I'm going to start the episode with that. <laughs> Welcome to the Savage Beast Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Gallagher. Uh, with me, as always, is your co-host, Paul McLeod. Hi, everybody. That was our hottest track of July 2016. <laughs> and with us for the very first time, the one, the only, Travis T.J. Weege Nasty Stallmaker. <laughs> Weege Nasty? Is that, is that what we're going with this time? Yes, Weege Nasty. Hello, That's everyone. the only name I use for you in my mind. <laughs> uh, so, TJ <laughs> is here to talk... About video uh, games, yes. <laughs> because yeah. we're going to become nerds all of a sudden. Not that we weren't before. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not Wait. a nerd. <laughs> Uh-huh, well, uh-huh. it's funny because that's You're actually just the, the white J.R. Smith. Discussion. <laughs> no explanation. Uh, move on. Um, uh, so, uh, seriously, though, TJ is here to talk about uh, video game music, its history, its impact, uh, its uh, kinkier side. Yes. Uh, and uh, what it means to uh, nerds like us. Well, you know, those, yeah. uh, those lower uh, end uh, kilohertz waveforms, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yes. Anyways, yes. Uh, yes, so hello. Um, uh, it was a little hard for me to get uh, a handle on what I really wanted to talk about here because I, I didn't want to come at this and just be like, hey, guys, <laughs> I like video games. Let me talk about the video games that I love. Video games, video games. And then... <laughs> Wait, you're up not going terrib- to do that? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to try. This podcast is over. <laughs> so um, what I wanted to try to tackle a little bit here was uh, the concept of video game music as a subgenre of musical taste. Uh, video game music as art. Uh, as the same way that you would talk about, you know, for instance, a movie soundtrack or a television score. Uh, as it informs both the thing that it was made for, you know, that specific show or that specific, mm-hmm. uh, basically multimedia entity, but also as it would, you know, as an evolutionary standalone genre. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm right, going to right. attempt here, anyways. Uh, yeah. Wait, so I, I have a question. Yes. Um, so I want to get Paul's Paul's answer and then TJ's answer. Uh, can a video game itself be art oh hell yes yes obviously yes i don't yes i don't 
think that anyone is really going to question that nowadays. Uh, I think a couple of decades ago, that question would be a challenge people, point, but people not seriously anymore. questioned it. I think Roger oh. Ebert went to his grave saying video games couldn't be art, you know, and that's really someone whose opinion I trust. Yeah, his essay yeah. on it is I disagree. I, but, I uh, disagree strongly. Yeah, it was like it's, 10 years ago, he wrote a pretty vitriolic essay about it. Well, not vitriolic, yeah. maybe, but strong minded. Hmm. He makes yeah. some good points as to why to question it, but uh, ultimately I was not persuaded. Well, now, I would say that video games have maybe not attained their full artistic flower. Um, that I'll agree with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is the most artistic video game you guys have ever played? The most, the most worthy of being included in some imaginary canon? Hmm. That's a really tough question. <laughs> I think um, I'd have to go with Braid, which that's I a, love. Yeah, that is a good that one. That's great. Um, later on in this, uh, actually, my final example, uh, so I'll save it. Um, I think uh, makes a pretty strong case. Uh, but I'll, okay. once again, you'll have to wait until the, you'll have to actually you know wade through this entire podcast to get there. Oh, yeah. Yes. Now I everyone think, will hear um, our ads. <laughs> everyone skips <laughs> I to think, the end uh, right now. <laughs> My answer, my answer to the question is probably like Zelda, like the first Zelda. <laughs> um, that's like hey. it's the most artistic. I mean, just because it's like it will, it would be like, I don't know the, I don't know if you want to say it's the cave painting or like the. I, the like, same thought occurred to me actually. As yeah. You said. Wait, are you talking about yeah. like are you talking about Legend of Zelda one for the NES? Yes. Or you, oh, okay. Yes. Because see, that's an interesting point because uh, I mean, this is we're not talking about music at all yet, but <laughs> the. Right. Um, the story, I mean, is summed up in the title screen. If you let it scroll, it just gives you this, like, one screen kind of, you know, synopsis thing. And then there's no narrative for the rest of the story, basically, which is which is interesting right. because... Which is as, kind of beautiful. Well, yeah, there's, as, there's a minimalist quality to it. It definitely you know? is minimal. And, and, and that's, that's one of the things that I'm going to try to talk about here as well. Um, so I guess that's my, that might be a good, a good starting point. Um, you know, video game adoption... It's taken a, a lot of hard knocks uh, in terms of it being a legitimate art form. And back when it was Beeps and Boops and Pac-Man and, and things like that, you could say, well, you know, okay, yeah, that's my art in that it, I created it, in that it, you know, took skill and it took, you know, finesse and it, it was this thing that mm-hmm. I that I made with my, you know, my brain, mm-hmm. and so therefore it, it is technically art. But you know, is it high art? Is it, right. you know, yeah. it, does does should we frame it? You know, should we put it? You know. Uh, on the wall um, and that was partly because the technology was just plain not there yet and uh, the history of video games is really the history of computers uh, and mm-hmm. so you know when you're talking about you know the 70s and the 80s I mean we were very hampered with what we had to deal with to, to really use as the, as the medium itself and of course it's grown ever so much ever since then uh, but the first thing I'd like to con- kind of tackle here is that there are some there are some stigmas to video game music and it's it's you know kind of a little bit of what Roger Ebert was probably talking about there and it's that um, there is a kind of like a, like a nerddom about video game music that is really hard to kind of break into and it's like if you were to go to a party, you would not play video game music, <laughs> for Correct. instance. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it right there. Correct. Yeah. Your first boss is sobriety. <laughs> you, could, <laughs> you must defeat it. Even I have not. 
I have never been to a party nerdy enough where they were playing video game music. But yeah. what's what's funny now though, as as almost TJ, like have a, you? No. He <laughs> <laughs> thought about it. He had to think about it. Well, but it's, but it's like so to do it, you would have to do it without telling anybody. So you'd have to do it without them knowing that it was. You're not gonna be like, well, this next track was from Bubble Bobble. You know, no, you just play it, and and someone in the room is gonna like kind of like look around and and get it. And discover what's Start happening. Start ripping their clothes off. <laughs> no, no, they're not going to do that. <laughs> but they, they, they'd go, oh, I, I, I get this. I, I know exactly what this is. But then they'll never say anything about it because they don't want to be labeled as the guy who got it. <laughs> you know? So, and then for the rest of it, it would just go completely over their heads, and they'd go, oh, well, that's like actually kind of like a nice electronica, you know, dance, you know, <laughs> right. feet or something, yeah. and it would be completely unknown to them. Um, so, you know, it's. You know, the nerd stigma, you know, you like this nerdy game crap. It's not real music. In other words, it's not popular music. But that's, and you're, you know, and then it makes you a nerd for liking it, for, for displaying your love of the thing. Are you saying that that's the, that's the situation right now? Uh, probably still, yeah, but definitely back uh, several oh, okay. years ago. Like, yeah, definitely back then. I mean, yeah. definitely in the last now, couple of decades. I, yeah. I think now if you put on, if you were at like a house party and somebody put on like one of the tracks we're going to listen to tonight, you would definitely be like, people would definitely still now with the age of video game acceptance be like, what the hell? Yeah, well. <laughs> or laugh. Like, yeah, laugh. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. now, I have been to parties where people played video music with video games, namely Rock Band and Guitar Hero. Okay, yes. that's a little bit different because that gets like circuitous because totally. that's actual music. Like that yes. wasn't in the game first. <laughs> Actual music, you said, DJ. See, your, but your see, th- this is, and this is why this discussion is important. You know, because yeah. when I say that, you all know what I mean, and yeah. you know that because that's the parlance that we all have to use to understand one another with. Um, so, you know, the second kind of issue here, and we could talk about all these as much as we want here, is um, that it's kind of like you have to be steeped in that video game to like it at all, and that it isn't worthwhile music until you like that so like if i told you that i really loved the music from Mega Man 2 you'd be like yeah well that's because you've played Mega Man 2 a lot as a kid and you have like nostalgia glasses on you know but no one else likes this music (laughs) isn't that sort of like the um the essential question here about video game music is whether uh it has that inherent value outside of you know your experience with the game I, yeah. mean, I think that's why if you're if you're asking like can video game music really be reach the level of sort of traditional genres mm-hmm. it has to work without you know you have to love that mu- opening theme from zelda without ever having like you know right even yeah. glanced at the game and it, yeah. it's it's funny because I, I i keep thinking of um uh paul's example from our own earlier uh savage beast uh, when you guys talked about oh. your Radiohead listening experience you flatter me tj <laughs> and, you know i'm just imagining like you know paul with his eyes closed in a dark room listening on his like super high quality headphones you know like the Legend of Zelda opening theme on the 8th and yes over no, that's what... and over on repeat for like an hour straight. Well, maybe some people do that because all these YouTube links include like 30 straight hours of whatever soundtrack song yes, they re- love doing endlessly. That. It's always yeah, take 10 hours of this or something or endless repeat. Um yeah. so um so the the final stigma that I kind of wanted to talk about here and is it dies in directly with the other ones is that it's so niche there's no way 
for you to in public in the world out in the world come across randomly video game music you would never know it you would never hear it it's never played it's not on the radio it's not on tv you would never you would never be able to come across it unless you were specifically looking for it and the only reason you would specifically look for it is if you played those games and you right. happened to be yeah. playing those games and then you were like That's oh look point. at this thing that i found you know so there's no way to happen across it there's no way that it gets distributed unless your listenership is already basically established in that yeah. in that fashion yeah now, I would say the same questions apply to something like uh, film scores, um, you know, not movie soundtracks in the sense of a collection of pop songs that sort of are being used to sell the movie, but, uh, you know, the incidental music in the movie, um, you know, is it worthwhile to listen to the orchestral soundtrack of uh, Harry Potter? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. Uh, I mean, I've listened to like like the the Hans Zimmer like soundtracks and stuff like you know Pirates of the Caribbean. So I mean, I'm yeah. at work. You know, I mean, I'm not like an, like you know the Radiohead listening experience to it. But you know, I like I'm like working on Excel spreadsheets or something, and it's like okay, I'm, right. I want some background music. Oh, pirates! But yeah. some people would say like, oh, this the Star Wars theme is just one of the greatest pieces of music of all time. And it's like, would you right. even come close to thinking that if you didn't love Star Wars? Right. Maybe. I mean, the Darth Vader theme is pretty damn good, actually. I'll, I'll, I'll give oh, them that. Go. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean... So you that's know, interesting. If we yeah. accept that there's like a film score that could be art, like if you've never seen the film, we're getting pretty close to thinking the same thing about games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, all right, so... Uh, I guess with that, I'll just kind of dive into the the, the early uh, the early prehistory of video games. No. Um, so early on, we had well. Why don't hold on? Yeah, TJ, go do you ahead. Have a track? Should we? You want to start? Let's play it. Let's hear a track. Um, you know what? I'd like to introduce it a little bit. So let me let me get through sure. a little of what I was going to say, and then we can do the track, and then we can talk about it. Okay. Um, so going back in time to the, like I would say the early '80s. Um, with like, I'm going to start here. I mean, there was earlier stuff, but it all falls into the same vein. Um, you had basically tones and that's, that's all you had. There were these sound processors in Mm -hmm. arcade consoles, in home entertainment systems like the NES or, you know, Super Famicom, whatever. Um, they, they had microchips and that was how they made the sounds. It was like, it was literally like, like square waves and triangle waves and sawtooth and, and random noise mm-hmm. generation modules and stuff. That's that's how they had Don't to... leave out the sine wave, TJ. No, I'm not going to leave out the sine wave. wave. <laughs> so, I mean, th- that's how they had to program the music. That was the yeah. tool. That was the, their artist's paintbrush that they had. So literally all they had was like pitch, tonality, um, and rhythm. You know, the timing of it, you know, and, and, and how to do that. And in the earliest cases, they only had like... Like, you know, three or four concurrent noises, <laughs> or something that you yeah, could even play right. at the same time. You couldn't even like yeah. mix them all that that you know deeply. So you know, this is where you get you know the Pac-Man theme, Super Mario Brothers. You know, this other do 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 stuff. And um, I like in this Super yeah. Mario Brother theme actually is art. I will totally stand for See, that. So there you go. So so what what did the artist have to use? Well, you took the the painter and you took away his brushes. And you took away his uh, colors, and you gave him a pencil and a blank sheet of like graph paper, essentially. And you said, "Make art on this." And by the way, you have to stay within the lines. <laughs> and yeah. you know, and, and that's and that's what they had to create their art with. And they discovered ways to do it. And 
one of the things that they did, like to your point about the Super Mario, very strong themes, very you know keen melodies that would repeat often because they didn't have a lot of space to write their music and it actually had to repeat fairly often. Uh, and you know to keep the file sizes down, <laughs> and yeah. uh, it wound up being that uh, there was strong melody, strong hooks, um, and very rhythm based uh, music that was being done. And it's funny because you know when I grew up, I listened to video game music uh, when I was playing the games, obviously, and so I was kind of like being steeped in it, even though I didn't know it. And to this day, I still have a, a very very strong love of anything that has melody in it. Um, I mean, that's, yeah. I, and I attribute video game music to my love of that. You know, when I think of, you know, picking on Mega Man 2 again for an example, and we're going to segue into that because that's our musical selection coming up here. Uh, that's where I get those themes from. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's, I, I think of that and I, I can just do the first couple notes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Airman's theme. <laughs> you know? Or that's, uh, yeah. that's Flashman's theme or something. I mean, there's a lot of music that, I mean, I'm sorry, there's a lot of art that, you know, benefits from uh, pretty harsh restraints, whether it's black and white photography or, you know, just doing a pencil drawing instead of a full oil painting. Um, And I guess Mm -hmm. in terms of music, uh, it benefited as well when they had uh, such a, you know, a limited palette. Yeah. Or the haiku. So there you go. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you have all of the, the, the language at your back, but you can only make three lines. <laughs> you know, and right. So, you know, it, it's these forced restraints. And so I would contend that there was art being made, but you had to look at it not like it was the Sistine Chapel. It was, you know, that awesome MC Escher work, you know, in, in line art where, where he took perspective and he did something just really interesting with it within the space that he had because it was a drawing. You know, it's, Google 8-bit Sistine Chapel. I bet it exists. <laughs> I'm sure it exists. <laughs> oh, wow. I bet that's pretty cool. If not, we need to make it. I'm going to make that out of Perler Beads. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the first uh, track selection that I'm going to play for you guys is um, going to be from Mega Man 2. Uh, and it is the Dr. Wily theme. Yes. Uh, stage 2. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, what I liked about this one uh, is that it's got, once again, everything we were just talking about, a really strong melody, and it's it's a little bit fast, and uh, this is kind of like in the game, after you've beaten all of the, the main, you know, kind of like run-of-the-mill bosses, and you're, you're entering into like the story of how you kind of like get to the end of the game, and so it just, it kind of amps me up, and it gets me, you know, kind of going a little bit. These songs are a little bit short. Uh, because they're old 8-bit and NES songs. So for this example and the next one that we'll play in a little bit, I'm going to do a medley. Uh, so uh, this is actually going to be the first one is the original game audio. All right, so this is Dr. Wily Stage 2 from Mega Man 2 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. All right, here it comes. <laughs> Thank you. 
I just say that that is a fucking jam? That's a fucking jam. <laughs> and you know, when the when a little ways in, when like the different vocal melodies kind of come on on top, ooh, that's some that is some good stuff. Yeah, I I always get really excited whenever I would play whenever I would play the game. I'd, I'd get all like jazzed up when I'd finally get to that stage. I'm like, yes. well, TJ, that's also because you'd had like three Mountain Dew Code Reds at that. Point. Was, yeah, probably. Well, probably, I don't know if I had Code Surge. Red when I was like no, ten yeah, years we old. Had but... Surge, we had Surge. <laughs> Surge, we might have had. So Sneaking um, the second one because we were only allowed to drink one each. <laughs> I, I mean, Meg- Mega Man Two is full of really good theme music. And that's just one of the tracks, you know. So it, it's it. I, I like it a lot. Uh, it's fast. I, I kind of like fast music. It, it just it gets me going. Um, so the second version I want to play you is um, this is an example of how people have taken this music and they run with it in in the current kind of like meta verse <laughs> of people making like their own versions and stylings and like remixes of stuff that was that meant something to them in their own childhood. So um, the first one here is, uh, this is a violin cover of the same thing uh, by Taylor Davis. So let's go ahead with that one. There's a lot of (laughs) interesting. There's there's um, what's the word I want to use here? Where you know you you make something up on the fly, uh, you make an embellishment to it, uh, you take your own little personal liberties with it. uh, Improvisation. uh, Yes, there you go. And filigree. Yeah, and and so (laughs) it's taking something which, I mean, this is you know years years after, a couple decades afterwards. And so, you know, to be able to reproduce it like that with like a love of the thing, you know, that that's that's what gets me about it. Nice. Um, let's listen to the next cover too before we really get into it. Okay. Uh, this so this one is a uh, a rock remix. I tried to figure out where this was originally from. I think it's like a an extended thing from some other person's YouTube. I, I'm sorry if this is yours, <laughs> but uh, let's just go ahead with it. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm ready to grow a mullet and do some coke because that was pretty 80s. <laughs> uh, it, it really lends itself well to electric guitar. That's 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 about all I have to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> so so with these covers, TJ, like 
Yeah. Uh, do you listen to these covers like on their own? Like, do you seek them out? And... I do. Um, actually, um, YouTube is a wonderful place to find them. Uh, if you're actually interested, maybe you know this one, Paul. Uh, have you ever gone to Overclocked Remixes online? Just no. Assume okay. the answer is no to these. Okay. Questions. Well, so so <laughs> Google Overclocked Remixes. Uh, it's basically a, uh, a a forum where people go and they take the music that they love from video games and they remix it. And uh-huh. they do this through whatever mediums they love. And it's all about just the love of the music. And you can download so many alternate renditions of old tracks. Uh, it's, it's actually really interesting to see what people have done. And it's also where a lot of people go to, I think, um, kind of hone their musical skills. Because it's kind of yeah. like a no-consequence environment for hobbyists, as well as people who have musical talent who are actually seeking to have a little bit of like a... Uh, what do you want to say here? Like a, a, an audience that isn't paid, <laughs> that is kind of just like from your basement, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, TJ, what what would you estimate without looking it up is the most number of versions of a video game song you have listened to? What is the highest number for one of those? Oh my god, I, I don't know. Um, I, I think I've I've heard at least ten or twelve different renditions of some songs, but there, I'm sure that I have only scratched the surface. For some yeah. of those, uh, um, I'd say for me to be the Final Fantasy theme. Oh yeah, that, that yeah. Oh well, I mean, <laughs> if you're just talking about the main Final Fantasy theme, I think within the actual canon of the video games, there's at least like twenty or yeah. thirty different versions of it. True. No, I'm not True. even talking about remixers. <laughs> True. Um, yeah, so that song is pretty is pretty cool. I I have to say, I think the eight bit. Uh, synthesized as you as you play the game version is uh, my favorite. Definitely, yeah. it's uh, it. Uh, I don't know. It's sort of like I was thinking. It's sort of like how uh, lo-fi rock music works, where yeah. somehow the aesthetic is enhanced by the um, the lack of uh, quality. <laughs> well, you know, it. Well, I mean, basically, what you're talking about here is what the legitimacy of the synthesizer as an as a musical instrument in you know, your favorite oh. band or whatever. You know, I mean, the the answer to that is basically yes. I mean, nothing is more legitimate than the synthesizer, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, when you're talking about this music, you really it's it's fast paced like what electronica or whatever. What you mean, yeah. original? Yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah. It, and it's all in the synth tones yeah. and things like that. I mean, of course, now there's a whole subgenre of electronic music called chip tunes, where people write original compositions for that palette. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah. getting ahead of me, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> True. Sorry. It's all right. Well, I, um, you know, it's it's something is. I will say that I mean, actually, as you get away from the original, like I start to feel more that I'm listening to it just because I like the video game. Ah, like, yeah. The original, I feel like, has all these, you know. Uh, interesting qualities to the way it's you know played and the others seem to be more just done for like nostalgia value like when you're doing the violin one you know well Um, i mean yeah i I can definitely tell you when i listen to that specific track i can i mean i can't do this for every single song maybe but i i can visualize the game itself uh when i in that because that's where i heard it you know and so many times and i i'm right there I can see like you know Mega Man jumping on the screen and everything, um, yeah. but uh, you know that's. By the way, I don't think I've ever played Mega Man two. So, oh. I know Paul. This is an interesting one because you were really like. Oh, so that's that's actually a good unbiased. Uh, games. You don't you don't play... fall prey to the nostalgia stigma here. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I was listening to Christian rock instead of um, <laughs> playing video games. 
Um, and look how holy I am now. So there you go. Suck it. Um, well, we've uh, we've got a lot to cover, but I want to also touch on one other aspect. Um, I didn't pick any Metroid songs uh, for this <gasps> podcast, Scandal. but I, in retrospect, Get I wish that I did because. <laughs> Yesterday, or you know, earlier today, uh, before the day changed over, we're recording this after midnight. Um, August sixth was the thirtieth anniversary of the Metroid franchise. Uh, the original, yep, the original Metroid came out thirty years ago yesterday. Um, Damn, Samus is like sixty now. I don't know if I can still <laughs> fantasize about her. Uh, but she's probably like, you know, she probably like is aging super slowly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> She's got that. She's that probably been cryogenically seat. frozen on interstellar journeys all this time. Yeah. So. so I don't have any tracks to play for this, but I wanted to just uh, read something really quick. Um, the uh, the music composer for uh, the original Metroid was a guy called uh, Hirokazu Tanaka, otherwise known as Hip Tanaka, apparently. Um, and uh, I was I was reading up on, on him a little bit, and I thought this was actually just the perfect time to say this. Um, so. I'm just going to quote the article here. So the Nintendo had three tone generators and one pseudo-random noise generator with which to produce melody, harmony, percussion, and sound effects, which would usually interrupt a note. Um, uh, I'm going to skip a little bit here. Uh, it was his dislike that musical composers for video games were actually trying to one-up one another with, with really uh, hit-you-over-the-head themes um, that inspired him to compose the subdued themes of Metroid. In his words, he tried, quote, to create the sound without any distinctions between music and sound effects. <laughs> it was not well received in Nintendo initially, and it was considered too dark. Uh, Tanaka's <laughs> intention was to create a cathartic experience that only released the player in the final score upon completing the game. So there you have it. And and by the way, if anyone here has played Metroid, the original from 1986, that is a brutal, brutal game to try to That's, play with yeah. the cathartic experience only coming at the very end once you've beaten well, it. Well, see, that's that why hard that guy's... Game. That guy's a fucking genius. Like that's exactly what video game music should do. And I read that just like an hour before this podcast, mm. and I was like, ah, oh, like I wish I had some Metroid music queued up to play. But I, I, if, if, TJ, yes, TJ, the internet is a vast place. Well, let's, let's play, play it right Metroid now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, look up. Uh, I don't know. Um, God, if you want to go just really stark, just look up Metroid like title screen or something. Metroid main theme. All right. I mean that. I, I'm sorry if that just came out as a random album right now, it would get like a 9.6 from Pittsburgh <laughs> for sure. Yeah. No, that was actually cool. I, I'm, I'm done with that. Um, yeah. I, I have um, to tell you, this game when I first, you know, was playing it when I was a child, it scared me. Oh, it's scary ass game. <laughs> it, it scared me. I, I mean, it was like, like the title Amoeba, music, the Metroids get on her, or whatever. I, 
I feared I feared the title music. <laughs> it was so <laughs> ominous. Like I wanted to hit start so that I wouldn't have to listen to the title music <laughs> because it made me like like nuts. <laughs> and then yeah. you like playing, you, you you get into the first bit of the game, and it has this kind of like boppy music, and like da, and and I'm, and I'm like, oh okay, great, now I can play, you know, it's great. But like I I was like, you know, I would put in the game, turn it on, and like hit start, <laughs> like so quickly yeah. because those deep, dark, non embellished like heartbeat tones. It was like I'm gonna get you. <laughs> you know? that's a that's a quality of good art it's too unsettling yeah. for your soul to bear tj um so just one more little bit about that uh i i also read uh an article not that article but it's a different one that talked about the same composer when he was working on that piece uh and all the other pieces for metroid that he really tried to make the game sound organic so it's mm. this kind of dichotomy between themes and melodies and like this, the kind of like gurgling sound effects of the planet. The, you know, you're a space hunter. You're you're out on a uh, alien world, and so it's like these weird alien sound effects. And that's the music. That's actually like the background music to the game. Is this like weird, like where the hell am I? <laughs> Dark. Yeah. I'm alone in the vastness of space. You know, kind of feeling. And it was like as a child, I was like, oh my god, that is so dark. Yeah. All so, right. Yeah. Um. Okay, we should get to some new ones. We're going to run yes, out of time. Yes, but we, we will. We will. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I'm going to just skip right ahead here. So um, uh, we go next to uh, some tracks from Final Fantasy, uh, the Final Fantasy franchise for the Super Nintendo specifically, Final Fantasy VI. Um, this is called Decisive Battle, and this is a, basically a, a boss battle music. So whenever you get into a, a big boss battle, uh, this is what you would hear. Yeah, um, I don't well, TJ. I don't want to step on your your introduction. <laughs> I was letting you. I was letting you. Uh, so uh, that one, it it always gets me amped up. I, I I really like it. It's just got this like great up and down kind of thing, and then it goes into this more kind of like slower melodic uh, range. It. Once again, I mean, it, it, as, as someone who's played the game a lot, it's hard for me to divorce it from uh, from the nostalgia glasses. And I know both of you guys have played this game, so you know it's it's hard to look yeah. at it in any any other light for me. But um, I actually have played that game all the way through, and I don't remember that song at all. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this song to me had less of an effect. I thought it. I thought this one was a little more just uh, kind of run of the mill soundtrack. Like mm-hmm. it does amp you up a bit, like you're about to kick a dun, know, dun, 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 dun. yeah, a 16-bit right. monster's ass. But <laughs> so, eh. 
so this one once again I've got I've got uh, two alternate versions to play you. Uh, the first one is actually an acoustic duet um, by uh, a, I don't know if these guys are a group, but they're a couple people on YouTube anyways. Uh, so they're called With Ether. Uh, so why don't you go ahead with that one? That is the only version of that song that my wife will make love to me during. <laughs> <laughs> it's got this kind of almost like a, maybe what, a Spanish guitar kind of sound to it? Yeah. Yes. Um, so, it, you know, it's taking it out of its sort of original context and giving it a secondary treatment, which is like, wow, like, oh, okay, I can see that. Yeah. Wait, so here's um, a question for you guys. Yes. Would you guys not pay just a lo- pay a lot of money to watch live as like i don't know who he is but like the foremost living master of like the spanish classical <laughs> guitar just absolutely <laughs> destroying the theme to Mario. like that yeah, would be, i would right i'd pay a hundred bucks to see that i would you pay just, a lot of money for that you, yeah you, well, you're never gonna that. forget that you know there's a great video of some Japanese dude playing the Mario song on oh, guitar. Oh yeah, where he like makes the coin the coin song. Yeah. Yes. I think that's yeah. uh, a classic of E-Bomb's world actually. It is a classic <laughs> of E-Bomb's world actually. Um, um did they were not E-Bomb's world? They didn't. Did they? <laughs> I think they only, got, I think they wanted to only but I don't Nintendo think they could ever get away with that. <laughs> only all the GI Joe videos. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, all right. So the, fi- the final version of this one. Really resisting saying something sexual in Cobra Commander's voice. <laughs> I am not going to do that. Pork chop sandwiches. <laughs> oh, shit. oh, right there. No, that's not very funny. No. You tried. Uh, yeah. You tried. Just cut that. Cut that. Nope. I'm going to start the episode with that. <laughs> <laughs> so okay so, so the final version of this one is um done by the black mages okay so this most of uh, all of the all of the final fantasy music is done by this one composer named uh, nobuo uematsu and he's awesome and he's a badass uh, that as does evidenced not sound by like the fact that he has name. his own rock band that plays his own music <laughs> so he actually does the keyboards <laughs> in this rock band so uh well you're about to hear it Um, I cut that off abruptly, but that was the Black Mages version. 
I, I've been known to drive a little too fast while listening to that one. Uh, it didn't sound very black to me. That's all I can say. Uh-huh. So if you go to like a Black Mages concert, yes, w- why? I mean, I mean, I'm not saying you have no reason to go, but like, why are you going? You're going because you love the hell out of Final Fantasy. Okay. This is this is because you're going to one composer, and this composer is prolific to like basically one franchise of video games, and so, then, so yeah. Wait, so just to follow up, then though, I mean that at at some point, maybe the question is how much, uh, not so much do you love the music because you love the video games, but like how much you love the video games because of the music. Well, that's that's a really good point, point. Um, and that's one of the places I was going to try to go with this at the end was, um, true, true. you know, it, when we talk about this, it the people who love video games don't love video games because they love music. They love video games, and there happens to be music in those video games. And so, but that doesn't mean that the video game music itself is not an inextricable part of the art form. Uh, so when we when we discuss any medium. We discuss it in its entirety. So when you talk about a movie, for instance, the musical soundtrack, the score is is a part of that. Same for a television show. You know, I mean, you can't talk about um, a book without, you know, knowing the intentions of the author. And Oh, man, don't even say that to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, run with it then. Oh, well, I think you totally can. I don't okay. know anything about what people intended about a lot of books I've read. Um, but anyway, that's that's different from what you're saying, which is okay. that it is an integral part of it. The The author's intentions, I would argue, are not an integral part of a book in the same way. Well, okay, maybe I chose a bad example then. But <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to try to debate philosophy with you. But the um, the, the the point is you have a, a multimedia experience. Yeah, and so absolutely. this is one uh, shade of that, you know, tapestry. It, it's it's part of it, and and I think that you can like the music on its own. You could you could hate a game, but it's cool. you know it had it had really good music. Yeah, no, you know, true. I don't like to play it, but but it has great score. <laughs> um, I think we're gonna uh, skip the next one that I gave you just for time. Um, I want to zoom on to. Uh, uh, the next one, which is going to be Castlevania Symphony of the Night uh, okay. for the PlayStation. And this is a track called Tragic Prince. So was that 
TJ, at this point, are we into the era of uh, recorded music as opposed to we are. synthesized? Um, okay. So so the previous examples, um, and I apologize if this was uh, not easily seen because I played a whole bunch of other covers, uh, but it was all 8-bit and 16-bit beeps and boops and synthesized music. Now we're into like the PlayStation era. We're, we're dealing with CD audio now. So this is, this is waveform audio from recording. We're able to use actual musical instruments and actual recording studios to record our tracks. And so, so this is actually the music from the game. This isn't a, a remix. This isn't a, a rock cover or something like that from the modern era. This is what you heard in the game. And so as you're running around, uh, you know, killing monsters, you know, you've got rock music to do it too. <laughs> so yeah. there you go. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Joe, did you have something to say? Well, this uh, this game is interesting because I know this will scandalize you, TJ, but no. I just like I never really played this game. Um, I didn't have it. I watched you and uh, regular podcast guest Taylor play it uh, frequently, um, but I never uh, played through it. So this song, um, you know, doesn't have that sort of nostalgic... Uh, hold on me that some of the other ones did and that's perfectly fine so i mean the question yeah. is do you think that you could find yourself appreciating that music does does it does it you know get you to jam out not that much i mean i appreciate it as <laughs> part of a genre of music i like like okay this is kind of probably rec- i could like probably guess that that was recorded for a video game um and i would like kind of be like oh that's fun but yeah, I don't know that I would be drawn to it in the way that I'm drawn to, you know, like, um, you know, just like a pretty good song that I happen to, you know, hear on the okay. radio that I like. Yeah. I would be more likely to listen to like the Dr. Wiley theme, um, just if yeah. I would, like uh, of these tracks, if I were just to, like just listen to one, that would be. You mean because you like the 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 eight bit synth kind of like aspect to it, or is there something more about the melody and in, in, in that that you it, actually? It's enjoy? probably the composition, but also. Um, uh, there's there's nothing wrong with that eight bit eight eight, uh, eight bit synth palette. Um, so the so, inter- yeah. the interesting thing about the this game, which is Castlevania Symphony of the Night, is uh, it kind of goes back and forth between being really atmospheric, um, and then it'll jump into a whole bunch of like really you know intense guitar stuff, and then you'll you'll go to the next area and it'll all of a sudden be creepy, and so it was. It was an interesting game because this was one of the first ones where I really encountered a video game exploring these ranges, uh, you know, within the same game, so to speak. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to jump ahead to kind of like the the current, you know, postmodern era of video games, and this is I think what you were alluding to a little bit earlier, Paul, with chip tunes. And things like that. We have now this kind of retro cool idea, uh, where it's fun to make eight bit sounds, even though we can create way more interesting and more uh, uh, deep layers of sound. Now we we want to go back, and we're actually going to emulate the way things sounded when they were back in the eighties or something like that. And so, um, my first example for something like this is well, actually, I only have one example, but. Um, it's actually a, a very, very recent game. It came out, uh, I think, a year or so ago. It's called uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer. Now, what's interesting about this title is that um, 
the music in this game determines the beat at which you play the game. So uh, that is to say, you can actually load your own MP3s into this game. And, oh, wow. and it figures out the, the beats per minute. And you play the game, it's actually turn-based, wow. but it's turn-based to the beat. So when you play it, the tempo actually dictates how you play. Of course, it has its own score. Uh, it's done by a guy named uh, Danny Baranowski. If you've ever played Super Meat Boy or The Binding of Isaac, um, mm. this is the guy who did the music for those titles as well. Uh, so this one is titled Cold Sweat. And actually, what's interesting to know about this one before we go is there's different tracks for in this one, whether you play the hot or the cold side of the level. Uh, and so the cold one is more like kind of techno and ethereal, and the hot one has a lot more guitars in it. So we're going to play you one. This is the cold version, Cold Sweat. So that was actually like kind of a cool electronic music song. Um, I can get down with that. Yeah. I really want to like uh, pump the audio up on the on the bass on that one when <laughs> when I'm playing it, but I'm always like afraid I'm going to wake my wife up. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there Twitch streams of people playing that game to thrash metal? There have to be. Uh, there have to be. I hope so. Uh, actually, that, <laughs> I, I'm going to look that up as soon as we finish this podcast. <laughs> Like somebody um, is definitely doing like ride the lightning to uh, <laughs> to the with, with that game. Yeah. So this this gets into the um, this postmodern concept of now the game is about music, and so there's there are several titles that try to do this. Um, there's the whole dance dance revolution uh, mm-hmm. genre of games. Uh, you know the whole we're gonna play you a song and you're gonna do something with like haptic feedback, right? You're gonna like dance on a floor pedal or you're gonna hit drums or you're gonna do something to the music basically. And then there's of course the whole rock band guitar hero, you know, I'm gonna actually play you know band created licensed songs from albums, you know, and I'm gonna just like <laughs> I guess piggyback right off of that and make a game out of it. Um, this one, like I said earlier, you actually play the game to the beat of the music. So the music is an integral part of the actual gameplay experience, not just a background that mm-hmm. is, you know, just happens to be there because the artist who composed it just thought it would, you know, kind of match or something. Uh, so yeah. there's there's a kind of a, a meta <laughs> aspect to that. Yeah, there's another game like that. Uh, uh, actually, the whole game isn't that way. But have you ever played Fez, TJ? Yeah, yeah, I've played Fez. Yeah. Fez is a really there's interesting one game. level. I don't know if you remember it, but 
most of the time the music is just sort of like cool background retro uh, mm-hmm. 16-bit synth stuff but there's one level where the platforms appear and disappear in time to some really stabby synths mm-hmm. um that's actually pretty cool it's my favorite piece of music in the game so that's awesome um, yeah yeah i mean uh i mean it, it's definitely true that uh the music especially if it's timed uh, to what's going on in the game will actually inform the way you play it. I mean, even if you want to go all the way back to, <laughs> I can remember in Tetris where you would actually clear lines and you'd level up and the, the game would change colors and then the music would get faster <laughs> and yeah. your your hands would like actually start to get jittery a little bit. Yeah. And when you get to like level 60 or 80 or something and like you get sweaty and, and like the music is going so fast. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, and, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, was, I was done with my thought. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, what was the name of the Donkey Kong game where you used the bongos as the controller on like the the game? Oh my god! Oh, I don't think I ever owned that, but I know what you're talking about. I don't know. I think what it was, was called, called Donkey Konga, actually. Yeah, that might have been it. Yeah, I think that was it. <laughs> I never owned uh, that thing. <laughs> and I, you know, actually, I um, unless you've played this, other, you have to have an iPad to have played this game. But I'm uh, there's this game, Sword and Sorcery. Uh, mm which is one of the best games I've ever played. And it's got, um, wait, I think uh, I have that and I've never played it, so I should play it. Yes, definitely. I've heard of it, but Um, I've never played it. It's got a 2600 Atari 2600 feel to it, but like way updated, um, to like look beautiful, um, an eight bit. Uh, Oh wait, no, uh, I played like the first level of that. Okay. That game is cool. Yeah. And the music is like very much like part of the game, but in a very, not not in sort of like a direct oh you know platforms are appearing and disappearing way but more in that like it's part of the story and you hear it and it kind of like it's part of what like what's guiding you um and to me that's a great example of someone realizing both that there um you know was this beautiful sort of genre of music that came out of the earliest video games you know 8-bit games and then also that like music was eventually going to serve as like you know, more of a symphonic score and then like was able to bring both of those together um, in a way that kind of acknowledged how they can be integral to your experience of the game um, without making it, you know, just like sort of a, um, a gamified soundtrack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, with this, yeah. with this last example um, uh, from Crypt of the Necrodancer, I <laughs> love that title. Um <laughs> I mean, that's that is actually the kind of music I would listen to in my car. I, I mean, as I'm you know going to and from or whatever, that that's the kind of stuff that I would put on. Like I I love listening to things like that, and you know for me it, at that point it's not even because it's from a game. It, it's just that's the kind of stuff I jam out to. Right. Um, Let's. Yeah. Oh, are we gonna hear it? No, no. That I was just talking about what we just listened to. Oh, that one. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, Joe, you're drunk. <laughs> I am drunk. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, um, the names yeah. the names of the last few have blended together in my mind. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so uh, I've got one final music selection, and then we could just you know jam out to this stuff uh, and talk about it. Um, this one is from a game that I've really tried to get both of you <laughs> to play for I think yeah. over a year or two, and I don't think no. And I wanted have. to play it even before you told me. I just <laughs> haven't gotten around to it. That doesn't legitimize it, Paul. <laughs> no. Um, and I want to play their other games because they've got uh, two brothers and uh, the f- one about a fucking leaf flowing around, flowing around a <laughs> <Yes>. flower. <laughs> so uh, Paul is talking about uh, that game company. 
yeah. which is a game ah. company called that game company. Um, <laughs> and uh, they I almost literally called them that. Just like <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. Um, it's called Journey. Uh, Journey is uh, it's for the PlayStation Three. Uh, you can also get on, a, I think, on the PlayStation Four over the PlayStation Network now. Uh, anyways, it's, so it's by a composer called uh, his name is Austin Wintory. And the interesting thing about this, if you've ever watched, you know, Wally or uh, anything like that, is there's not a lot of dialogue. the The story is told through the visuals and through the music. There's no actually in this there is no dialogue. There's literally none. I think literally the when you turn on the game, it says press start. I think those are the only words, <laughs> um, other than the title journey. Uh, uh, so it's a, it's a parable for, the, of course, you know the the hero's journey uh, in in literature and whatnot. Um, I won't say anything more about it than that in terms of how the game is set, except to say that the way this game treats music is that as you travel through the landscapes, the music evolves. So uh, you'll get into a place where you'll wander and you'll kind of achieve a loop of the music. But then when you encounter a new area, the music uh, segues into a new, uh, it's almost like like a, like a long fugue where you mm-hmm. add instruments and add melodies and add themes as the musical score progresses it's because you're physically progressing in the game so if you stay mired in the same spot it doesn't progress so the music is actually the story as well as the physical the physical transportation through the landscape uh so uh, why don't we go ahead and click this this is the title uh theme for journey Yeah, that was really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so th- we're going for full blown, uh, you know, symphonic score. Obviously, at this point, yeah. uh, I mean, this is this isn't retro. This isn't chip tunes. Uh, I mean, it's retro to eighteen fifteen, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, we've got you know, it's very very strong on on you know the, the violins and uh, the the main theme of this melody um i highly highly recommend actually this is the game that i was talking about earlier in the podcast when you you said what is your favorite i I forget what your actual question was it was what's the best storytelling i said what's the most worthy of being included in some artistic artistic yes and my answer is this um so and it's it's very apt for this podcast because the story is driven by the music. 
in this. Mm. Um, I highly recommend both of you play this. Uh, you guys are always uh, <laughs> talking to me about uh, Altered States as well. I think <laughs> that you might want to try it <laughs> on this one. Um, no, that's exactly what I've been intending, actually. And I actually, without any joking at all, Paul, I do suggest that you give it your Radiohead listening experience. Okay. Uh, I nice. think you should play it in the dark room with no distractions. I think you need to devote about about two hours to it. Maybe it might be mm-hmm. less. Depends on how quickly you get through it. Um, but probably about, I, probably get two hours. I might need a Cialis for that. Um. <laughs> it's an amazing experience. Wow. This game. It's, it's, it's <laughs> great. So um, no, I everything I've heard is good. I totally intend to do yeah. that at some point. Um, so. To tie this back around to the whole question of video game music being a legitimate uh, example of, mm-hmm. a, of, of a musical subgenre, uh, this score, the score for Journey, uh, it was nominated for a Grammy. Uh, okay. In, in, 20, a, in, in what category? Uh, the category was Best Score Soundtrack for Visual Media. Uh, unfortunately, uh-huh. it did not win. It was nominated. Um I forget what beat it out, but it was not a video game. <laughs> well, the Grammys are utter garbage, so take that <laughs> yeah, that's as a right. good sign. All right, so for whatever it's worth, it, it also won in the British Academy Game Awards, the Dice Awards, and the Video Game Awards. So The Dice Awards, yes! <laughs> um. Anyways, so it, it, it won several musical categories for such categories that exist. Anyways, that's cool. so the, the point is... It's good. You should listen to it, and you should definitely play the game. Okay, and also it lost the Grammy to Trent Reznor's uh, Trent Reznor's uh, score for the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, so that's <laughs> a tough competition. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, what go. was the pre? He he won. Didn't he win a Grammy for the the Facebook he, uh, social well, network? Well, he won an Oscar well. for social network. Oh, that the yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm about, sure he yeah. won a Grammy too. That soundtrack yeah. was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't want to be in a in a Trent Reznor, David Fincher year for that. Probably. <laughs> no, I don't think so. So, anyways. Until they um, make the movie of Journey. Yes. <laughs> uh, the, I don't think it would translate very well. <laughs> um, it, it, it really works better as your own personal experience as you're playing it. But, got, um, it got it. So... To tie, to tie this all back together, um, my idea for this obviously is biased, of course. I love video games. So, of course, I think that video games are a legitimate art form, no matter what Roger Ebert says. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I would, I would, I would pose the question back to, to both of you. I mean, do you think that any of this... I mean, you might not like everything. I mean, of course, you're not going to like everything in any genre of music. But, you know, would you guys believe that you would ever listen to anything like that in your car or you know in a dark room or even as background music while you're doing something else uh that last one i would i I definitely think like it um you know it's sort of like uh it's not actually doesn't sound like modern classical music in that it has melody um but um i would I, i might actually listen to that like that's that's good orchestral music i think well, and I would I would bring up that, you know, part of there's maybe you're setting like 
a little bit of a low bar. I mean, there's a lot of this music that I would definitely enjoy listening to, like on my headphones while I was, you know, while I was doing something else, like while I was working Mm -hmm. that um, I'm not sure it would then qualify for me as something that I would like seek out to listen to and like pay, uh, give my full attention to, um, you know, outside well, of the game well and that's and that's kind of uh, an interesting point there it's like when you talk about what qualifies as legitimate music is it music you would pay for or is it music yeah. that you would you know it's music out? that i would that i would sit down and listen to just to be listening to music like right yeah that's that's not the while you're doing something version. some other activity yeah right 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 uh yeah um and yeah, I mean, uh, there's some cool songs here, but I, I tend to agree with Joe. I don't know if I would do that for all those, but it, that doesn't mean mm-hmm. these aren't doing what they need to do. Um, sure. One thing that it, that was interesting to me was when we were planning this episode, I uh, uh, one of my favorite games for the past couple of years has been this game, Nuclear Throne, mm-hmm. which is a roguelike where you die a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've listened to the music a lot, and uh, it's you know pre-recorded, um, not really nostalgic for video games at all anyway uh sort of neo grunge type of music by some Finnish dude and <laughs> um uh i was interested when i went back and actually just listened to it outside the game it uh it actually worked less like i was less impressed by it just listening to it standalone than i was playing it during the game hmm. um maybe you know i don't know there's something about maybe it's just the fact that during the game there are um, monster screams and uh gunshots <laughs> you're 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 used to hearing the music through a filter of death and mayhem <laughs> exactly there are explosions and everything but i it works great in the game um you know it's like sort of little grunge songs that uh repeat every two minutes which mm-hmm. i mean that was the one of the main things i was thinking about when we were preparing for this episode was what a handicap having to repeat in a very brief yes. time is um, and how specific, how good your music has to be in a specific way to make up for that. I was thinking this especially when I was watching my son play Final Fantasy IV, and mm-hmm. like I was like, man, we're listening to this synth tune that lasts like twenty seconds, like yeah, two thousand times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, and, it's true, and I, and I don't hate it. Like it's mm-hmm. really hard. It, it seems to me very difficult to pull that off. To be well, like, I'm, okay, you're gonna hear this a million times, and it it will actually still not make you want to kill yourself. Like if I listen to a regular pop song that many times, I would just absolutely burn my house down. Yeah. Well, you and you and you um have to start regarding you know the little melody of it as a beat almost yeah. something mm-hmm. that has that sort of driving pacing quality to it. Uh, you know, uh, more that it, you are listening to it for sort of the, the narrative of the sound. Yeah. For the, for the more popular titles, um, you have been able to actually get CDs of the audio. I mean, they're usually like, what are those? Like, like Korean or something like the, the, like, like Asian, like bootlegs or something like that, that whole, uh, genre of of disc sales um and and, i mean they weren't really sold in america mostly but you could get them and so even they would only last like two minutes or something on a track and it would repeat like three or four times before it finally fade out 
<laughs> and you know you've already listened to it a, a few times by then and 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 it has to be able to endure i mean if you have this this theme music this melody that's going to repeat every 20 30 40 seconds you know it's got to it's got to have something to it and you know far from being completely annoying i actually would get these things stuck in my head and like mm-hmm. you said it wouldn't make me want to kill myself it would <laughs> you know take me back to you know the time when i played that video game instead so yeah well, good stuff. Any other uh, any other thoughts on video games and music? Um, the intersection thereof. I have a lot of thoughts on it, but uh, no, no more that I've prepared. Um, other than uh, let's see here, uh, you know the the evolution of video game music, uh, as I said before, is is very technology driven, and we've only been able to have uh, you know full orchestral or recorded track music for about mm, 15 years 16 yeah. maybe a little more than that now it was right around the 2000 era um uh, that was where the playstation came out and we had you know actual cds that had enough data capacity to be able to hold a long waveform um and so the art form is still young even though you know i i sit here and i say it's the postmodern era of video games it's still evolving you know, and there will be right. You know, there. You know, it was we we probably thought it was postmodern back in two thousand. So you know, yeah. here we are in twenty sixteen, and it's still growing. You know, and I I think that there's there are places for this to go, and I also think that our social life in you know in America or you know even in the whole world is changing. I mean, you know, we talk about like kind of like the rise of geek culture and nerddom or however you want to define that. You know, being a geek is cool now, and it didn't used to be, <laughs> definitely didn't used to be. I mean, even when we were in high school, you know, I mean, I remember getting into a conversation with a couple of our, our uh, people in our grade, uh, a couple of our classmates. They, you know, I, I talked to them about music, and I told them that I listened to video game music. They laughed in my face. You know, I mean, they they li- they literally laughed. Oh, wait, I just did that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, when we got remember when we got CD burners, and everyone uh, grabbed as many spindles as they could from Best Buy, and we all went around copying everyone's CD libraries. I mean, I was downloading. I do remember that? <laughs> and I, I was downloading MP3s of Final Fantasy Tactics, and playing them in my car <laughs> because that's what I loved. I mean, it was. I mean, I did other things too, but I was doing this as well. <laughs> it's there was there was a time when you could trade like like CDRs, like blank CDRs, as currency. Like yes. having like a spindle of twenty of them was such power, you know. You we know, all like, had like yes. two hundred disc wallets, like you know, in yes. our in our cars. It was and like it was... a prison economy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were prisoners of our adolescent minds. You know, and so I mean, it. I mean, obviously, that's like the I title said, of this episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, I speak from a, a, a biased perspective on this. I'm, I'm steeped in it, but you know, the the point that I would like to make is that I do think that in some cases it can stand alone. Not everyone is great. You're not going to like everyone. I don't like everyone, and I do think that it suffers from what I said before the the nostalgia glasses. You know, I mean. Do, does someone really want to come over here and say that Metal Man's theme from Mega Man 2 is, is an amazing, you know, end-all, be-all track if they've never yes. heard it before? <laughs> the answer is yes, and they're wrong for thinking otherwise. But, <laughs> 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 you know, yeah. 
but if they've never been exposed to it and they never had a method of being exposed to it because they've just simply never played that game or video games in general, then, you know, who's to say? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. What's, uh, what's the final question here <laughs> that we need uh, to answer? I think I've said my piece, so if you guys have another question for me. <laughs> no. Well, um... Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I just have to know, like, hmm. would you, in the end, consider video game music, like, on the level of, like, the other music that you love? Like, you're gonna need to define that a bit better. Well, like, I mean, I don't know. It's like I know you like, I know you like the Smashing Pumpkins. Do I? Like, uh, I, I do. The I two do. of us. So do I? Like, do I hold video game music as being more legitimate than existing establishment genres? Is that? Yeah. Or like, do you do you really feel the same way about this? Your favorite video game music that you do about like your favorite Smashing Pumpkin songs? I do. Um, okay. I, I actually do. I, I, I hold video game music up alongside, at least. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't consider it any less than I would yeah. listen to, you know, some old, you know, B-side or something, uh, or some live recording from Smashing Pumpkins, uh, which I love. Um, I, I would, I would just as soon pop that disc out and pop in something else. I mean, I don't pop anything anymore because I don't play cds anymore but you know what i mean it you know pl- put on a different playlist um the uh the the tracks that i listen to are the tracks i listen to i don't i don't yeah. treat I, I like what i like and you know I, I like alt rock and i like electronic dance music and i like video game music i mean th- those are you know my tastes and other people you know they love hip-hop so well yeah, <laughs> yeah and i think what i maybe i came to you know, the conclusion that I came to after thinking through everything for this episode is that I, I think maybe kind of I've unfairly kept things like the theme song to the original Le- Legend of Zelda, like out of my, you know, pantheon. Like, I don't think I don't think about that the same way I do, like some of my favorite, like slow, weird Radiohead songs. And, sure. you know, maybe that that you know the theme from zelda really is something i could listen to like alongside of those well Um, you know the other thing that i would say to you joe is um you know sometimes we are are hampered because the theme that we like is from an 8-bit game or something like that and and even if it is the original artist's intent and it's the original way the music was first produced with the synth and you know it and you love it you just can't bring yourself to listen to a a 25 second looped track you know for For more than, like, you know, an iteration sure. or two. And then it's done. And yeah. a lot of old video games really only have the one or two really good tracks. Even if there are other tracks, it's like, you know, are you gonna, really going to listen to the, like, the, the Zelda dungeon theme? Like, you're probably not. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's you, true. It's a different. It's a different experience for sure. Well, and it is at the same level. You're going to listen to the title music, and you're going to listen to the overworld theme. That's it. Yeah, those, those, are, those are the two tracks. But if you get into like the remix, kind of like underground, I guess, or you get into the symphonic suites because they are available. You know, you can find you know actual orchestras playing rearranged versions 
of these things and they are mm. they're, they're not on repeat they they go into all kinds of improvisation and uh you know different artistic movements and things that stuff is all out there i mean final fantasy is a great one a great franchise for that um zelda actually has a symphony uh if you if you want to google it <laughs> you can i mean my, oh, my yeah. sister my sister went to their concert uh, out at uh san diego comic-con a couple of years back nice. um you know and it was it actually wasn't at the convention but it was like nearby or something they, they That's travel cool. around um cool. uh the final fantasy one has uh a, a symphony that they do yeah. um and uh they travel around as well i forget what it's called i think it's called um i'll look it up later um uh, I'm doing a bad job there. <laughs> <laughs> You've ruined um, this whole podcast. Yeah, yeah let's no. just trash it. No, um, if I could... Distant Worlds. Sound off on the same... Oh, okay. If I yes. could sound off on the same thing Joe just did, um, I would say there's nothing inherent to video game music that makes me put it on a lower level, but uh, the, the video game song that affects me the way, like, uh, the, the Stars Are Projectors by Modest Mouse affects me, the next one time that happens will be the first... Um, and I hope that does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely some cool, good mu- video game music out there, but um, partially just because it has to serve as incidental music, it it um, true it hasn't quite gotten there for me in any instance I can think of. So well, okay, so yeah. Paul, Paul, final question, yeah. well, final question for you, or final follow up to that is: Would you accept the video game music as part of like an overall? art experience like do you think that's gonna reach that oh yeah mouse level first or maybe already has well yeah so i mean so if i talk about a game like braid which i mentioned earlier yeah um that that game incidentally has some really beautiful music but there he actually just um licensed pre-existing uh instrumental music for the game Mm -hmm. um but um uh so it's just a it's a different sort of thing. I think video games, at least the most artistic ones I've played, are more of like a an intellectual artwork um, than the type of music we listen to, which is not non-intellectual, but is more sort of dramatic, you might say. Mm-hmm. Um, so Braid, I think what's so fascinating about that is that it it actually does sort of tease apart some of the weird things about reality by using unconventional video game mechanics. Um, in for people who don't know, it's a game where you can rewind time, um, which that's not the only game that does that, but it does it in a really interesting way. Um, anyway, um, so I think I, I agree with you, uh, or I I see what you're thrusting at, Joe, and I, I think you're thrusting at the right thing. <laughs> it's always a good idea to thrust at the right thing. <laughs> which is that um, the whole artwork of a video game um, rather than just this one piece of it that we might lop off and uh, and uh, regard by itself, I think is is more likely to achieve that status for me personally, or at least the way things have gone so far. Um, maybe you know there it's certainly there's no reason in principle a video game couldn't have such good music that I just love the music by itself to the as much as I love any other music, but it just hasn't happened yet. Is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, we we definitely uh, have a. In an evolutionary state in in games, as I've talked about before, you know, it's always growing and it's still growing, and uh, I think that will only happen more in the future. But um, the so the we other... won't even have books; we'll just have video games. <laughs> the, well, the the other thing I was going to say is, uh, it, it is um, 
I've lost it. <laughs> um, no, oh, it's almost three a.m. It's, it's a yeah. here we go. It's a genre, but it's also a medium, and so in that, just because you say video game music doesn't mean that it has to be beeps and boops, and it doesn't mean that yeah. it has to be retro, and it doesn't mean that it has to be electronica. You can have video games that employ smooth jazz <laughs> now. And Please if, don't. If smooth jazz is your thing, and it's in a video game that you happen to like, you're probably going to like it a lot. And and so now it's not just about a genre of musical style, now it's just the medium that houses many styles of music. So now it's it's the transmission, the distribution method, not just you know what it is as music, because yeah. it could be anything now. Now it's just a container. That is true. Um, all right, we got to sign off before people uh, have to listen to uh, a whole video game's worth of this podcast. <laughs> um, so uh, TJ, thank you for coming it's, on. This is fun. Uh, definitely a little bit different. Even more so than like the the movie podcasts we've done with Taylor, definitely a different type of thing for us. And um, uh, we may have you on again sometime. Um, <laughs> look at it. I, I, I look forward to it. I hope that if if anyone got anything out of this, it, it's that they didn't think that video game music was a thing, or that it was any bit legitimate. And I hope that I've maybe cast some some light on it a little bit and and maybe next time you you know play a video game or hear someone talking about it you'll say oh like maybe i should maybe i should give it a listen or something you know and and say like let's give it a chance instead of writing it off as well that'll never be anything yeah yeah you're you're saying if if they're if they're uh fly was totally zipped up for video game music before (laughs) now it maybe it's it's like at least a little bit a little bit down You know, if, if everything's not, not hanging out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So if anybody wants to uh, get at us with their uh, opinions about our opinions, um, you can do that via Twitter at Savage Beast Pod. Our website is savagebeastpod.com. And uh, then you can also email us, savagebeastpod at gmail.com. Um, we, uh, we appreciate any feedback, especially harsh criticism. I want you to, yes. to really rip, rip into us. Um, also, if you would please uh, subscribe and review us on iTunes, that would be super cool. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you. Thanks a lot for having Peace. me on. Yeah. Uh, you know, be careful with those thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice.